Howdy, and welcome back to This Is News. I'm Reem, joined as always by Jack. Jack, how are you this week? I'm doing well, Reem. How are you? Doing really well. I just wanted to, before we get into this week's news, I just wanted to take a opportunity to apologize to our listeners for coming to them a day later than normal. Uh, these things happen, and don't be surprised because it probably will happen again. But hopefully next week we'll get back on our regular Thursday night recording pattern and be on the lookout for another episode coming then. But this week, boy, oh boy, has there been a lot. Perhaps the biggest story currently in the world is the lynching of Amud Arbery in Georgia. Uh, just some facts of the case. Um, Arbery was jogging in a neighborhood when two white men, a father and son, saw him, called the police, and then got in their pickup trucks, cut him off from his run, confronted him, and shot him when he attempted to get away from them. They claimed they were doing it because of a citizen arrest. And the alleged murders are now in custody after initially having after initially the prosecutor declined to seek charges in the case. Jack, what do you make of this? I mean, from what we've seen, obviously these people should get a trial, as everyone should, and these crimes are alleged until the guilty verdict is uh, officially set in stone. But it seems pretty clear that this is an awful situation. They should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. I'm not seeing anyone disagree with this. Everyone from the right to David French, Ben Shapiro, Nikki Haley, and the left, uh, like uh, Sean King, uh, Sean King, uh, AOC, anyone on the left, everyone seems to be agreeing that this is a, like, it's just unacceptable and unfathomable that something this evil could happen. And uh, there really, from a legal perspective, is no way to defend it. The uh, father and son, which uh, allegedly murdered Arbery, claimed that they were making a citizen's arrest, which by Georgia law requires that there be no question that the crime is being committed. And if you have to follow the person to question them, it is therefore obviously not a citizen's arrest. And then they claim that by shooting him, they were obeying Georgia's stand-your-ground law. But then again, if you look at the legal definition of Georgia's stand-your-ground law, it actually appears that Arbery was in the position to defend himself. If uh, any American was walking down the road and two men showed up in their truck, blocked him off his path, with shotguns and demanded to question him, it would be the person who got blocked off who was in the right and who could defend themselves, not the people in the truck. And it's pretty clear that they had some racist or otherwise evil motives and that they are murderers and should be should be put in jail. Yeah, if there is no evidence that we don't currently know, everything suggests that this was a murder with racist underpinnings, which not only makes it a felony, it also makes it a hate crime. Um, and frankly, that's unacceptable. And I have seen no one try and come out and defend them of merit. Um, any, maybe a couple kind of trolls on Twitter have tried, but like, really, there's been nothing from anybody claiming they were in the right. Um, and I mean, look, maybe the citizens arrest laws are fine. Maybe they need to be looked at. That's definitely going to be a conversation the state of Georgia will have after this. But under the laws, they had no right to arrest him to begin with as citizens. 
and they definitely did not have the right to use deadly force. Yes. And uh, it should be pretty clear, if you're ever in the situation and do a citizen's arrest, it should be very, very clear. I mean, that seems to be an extraordinary uh, circumstances that don't come around very often, and they certainly will never, ever require you to get in your car and continue to follow the person while armed. And on, based on all available evidence we had, uh, the father and son were in no danger uh, of themselves being hurt or having their property taken from them. So they, they have no justification to stand for their actions. Uh, right. their, lo- their lawyer's not going to have anything for them other than to uh, plead guilty. It, is, it just appears all around bad. And if Georgia's laws, which honestly, uh, one of the conservative commentators who was so fired up about this atrocity, David French, he went through Georgia's laws, and it appears as written that this was entirely unacceptable and they don't need to be changed. They just need to be applied correctly. But that also shows for citizens in all circumstances, whether your motives are pure or unpure, as they clearly were in this circumstance, you need to be pretty certain of the law before you act on your own. And if there's even the smallest case of uncertainty, do not act. And it's clear that uh, they, they let their, what has to be like racism or some evil prejudice blind them from any, any sense of reality or what they should have done. Yeah, I just want to jump in there for a moment and just note that it's pretty clear that they knew to call the cops because they did. And so I don't understand why you call the cops and then the next minute have you and your friend hop in their truck and go corner this guy. Like, I just, once you call the cops, let the cops deal with it, right? Like, Yeah, unless the only circumstance is like, It'd be one thing if he was firing at you. Obviously, in that case, you can defend yourself. Or if someone else, like a, a child, another person, was in serious harm's way, then you can go defend them. But that's just not the case. Like, from what we know, there was a theft that had happened not even during that time, and that's supposedly what they were stopping from happening again. And he had committed the grave sin of going on a walk and walking through a construction site, which is, of course, not a sin or a crime. So there, there really is no no legitimate or righteous stance from which the uh, alleged murderers can stand. Now, if you accidentally hurt someone or kill someone while believing you were doing the right thing and legally you were, that is sometimes permissible. There was a case where uh, this man shot a police officer who had come into his home and the police officer thought he had a warrant and the man thought he was a criminal and each were in the right, so he was not prosecuted. But this is not that case. There is, there is no way that what they were doing was right. They have no legitimate uh, reason, and I would not be surprised if some kind of racism or hatred was their motive, as we'll come to discover, and they should be charged with a hate crime. I just, I just want to make one thing clear, is that the part of this that I fail to understand is not whether or not it's a crime. It's why did the prosecutor choose not to seek charges for this? Because their local district attorney chose not to pursue charges and i think that's going to be the conversation that really matters because when it takes a national movement and the state superseding local police to get charges filed that's not a sign of a healthy justice system yeah for sure um we definitely obviously an investigation needs to be done we'll have to figure out this guy's motives 
obviously, especially down in Georgia, they have a history of a lot of stuff happening like that, and it's sure to bring up uh, a lot of bad memories and sends our country committed. But we should we should definitely investigate and get to the bottom of it. But I wouldn't be too quick to assume malice on his part. Uh, it could have just been complete and total incompetence or failure to do the job correctly. I mean, uh, we've seen police fail time and time again in situations where life or limb was on the line. I mean, what comes to mind for me is uh, the Parkland shooting. The cops had no malicious motives behind their actions, but they failed completely. So it's not completely unusual for the cops to fail ethically, even if they aren't uh, having the worst motives. I mean, that's just true in government in general. But either way, racist motives or not, this needs to be investigated and someone needs to be punished for that failure. Right. And yeah, I, I hope the Georgia system of justice is able to find how this got missed and why charges were not brought immediately. Yes, it is uh, definitely, if, it, even if Governor Kemp himself has to get involved, uh, this, this needs to be investigated. I mean, in, in our current political climate, we agree on almost nothing. And this is one of the first things I've seen where uh, everyone was on the same page saying, let's investigate this. That's what we need to do. But moving on to some areas where we are not all united and we are going further and further to our partisan camps, our country continues to deal with the COVID crisis and our responses are varying across the states and we are becoming more and more partisan and bickering as we figure out just how to open the economy while at the same time handling the uh, COVID pandemic. And today was some, both some good and unfortunate news. Uh, the unfortunate news is the unemployment rate has gone over 14% with over 20 million unemployed, marking the highest it's ever been since we started officially recording it, nearing what we estimate are the Great Depression numbers for unemployment. But there is a silver lining of hope. The uh, FDA is working tirelessly on vaccine testing and treatment, and there's some really good news that we could be seeing some potential treatments soon and possibly even a potential vaccine, which would just be amazing. That would break any record for how quick we've been able to make the vaccine. And because of this, we're seeing this really weird uh, dynamic where unemployment is getting worse and worse, and it's looking like our economy is going to be doomed for the future. But the stock market continues to rise as if there's going to be hope in the near future. So, Reem, can you kind of explain what you're seeing and where you think uh, this is headed? Yeah, so I kind of want to start with the stock market thing. Um, Fox News ran a headline at the close of markets today saying that the stock market was rallying amid hopes that states were opening up and that they were excited about that and optimistic about that. And that might play a small amount in it. But with unemployment figures coming out today, the... All the, the political lens is not really why stocks rose today. The reason stocks rose today is because the unemployment numbers weren't as bad as they were expected to be, right? So stocks price in future expectations into the current price. So if what happens in the future is worse, the price will go down. If it's better than expected, it will go up. And if it's what was expected, the price would stay the same. Um, and so the uptick we saw today wasn't anything political like Fox will try and make you think it was. It was just unemployment numbers weren't as bad as they were expected to be. 
And so markets responded positively to that. Um, right. But um, as we continue to figure out what to do and the economy moves forward, we are going to have to start balancing some issues. And we're going to have to do cost benefit analysis when it comes to dealing with the pandemic and opening up the economy. And unfortunately, it feels like neither side is willing to admit this, especially the media. And it's creating a lot of partisanship where there should be unity. And it's creating a lot of... Uh, troubles for opening up. And we're seeing this recently in uh, states like Florida, Georgia, and Texas, where Republican governors are beginning to open it up. The media has just been vicious attacking them. And uh, I saw many political commentators refer to uh, conservative commentator Bethy Mandel, or Bethany Mandel is a, a grandma killer for wanting to open up. Uh, Georgia, there were some uh, liberal headlines declaring that Georgia was the place to go if you wanted to die and that there would be mass deaths there because they were opening up. And it's having an effect. Ron, uh, in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis' approval rating is diving lower and lower because of this negative news feed. But what they seem to refuse to acknowledge is we can't just have a government policy where we say we'll let the economy be destroyed even if it saves just one life. You cannot do single variable decisions in government. You have many variables and you're gonna have to weigh them all. And I think we're going to have to find a way where we're okay with an increased, uh, an increased risk because of COVID that we can medically manage while getting the economy open back up. And we can't be claiming that those who want to open the economy back up are somehow malicious or wanting people to die. That's just not true, and it's not realistic that that would be their goals. I want to I, I hit a couple of them. So one, um, cost-benefit analysis is something every level of government does all the time. Um, so let's be clear. Like The Department of Transportation has a dollar figure attached with every human life, and if the number of lives saved by implementing a regulation if that dollar figure is higher than the dollar figure it would cost to implement the regulation, they'll implement the regulation. If it's lower, they won't do it, right? And the same kind of thing is going to have to happen here. But here's the problem, is that conservatives botched the messaging from the beginning when Lieutenant Governor of Texas, Dan Patrick, went on Fox News and basically said, yes, I'm willing to die to reopen the economy. like. That was bad messaging and is probably not going to play well for them in the long run. Oh, for sure. It was definitely terrible messaging, and either side did a good job. But we And the left is not doing any better. I mean, their messaging, Andrew Cuomo was saying, if we just save one life, and that's just, that may sound right at first, but if you think about it, no one would be willing to live that way. I mean, if that was true, then we should do this shutdown every year for the flu as well, because the flu kills 60,000 people. Uh, we should also lower all speeding limits to below 20 because that would make it where the elderly and the young would have more time to react to uh, accidents and we'd be going so slow that you wouldn't die anyway. But we find that no one's really okay with that. There is a certain level of risk that people are willing to have to be free. And with that risk comes an increased chance of death. And we also need to realize there's just not much we can do. I mean, a lot of people seem to think that if we just stay in this lockdown and flatten the curve forever, no one's going to die. That was never the point. The point was never to lower the amount of infections or the amount of deaths. It was to lengthen the time those infections and deaths happen so that our medical capacity could not be overwhelmed and we would be able to care for those who we could care for, but those who were going to die were still going to die. 
And it would be nice to live in a world where we could say lockdown for three months, we'll have the vaccine, no one will die. But that's just not true. This is a virus. We are going to have to live with it. And at a certain point, we're going to have to say, if you're young and healthy and have no pre-existing conditions, go out and work. If you have a pre-existing conditions, be responsible and take care of yourself. And as seemingly heartless as some has made that out to be, it appears to be working. I mean, who today, uh, or the WHO, sorry, had one of their spokespeople come out and say, you know, maybe Sweden got it right. And uh, based on the levels we're seeing from them, the idea of just responsible social distancing while keeping the economy up and those who get sick, we care for them the best as we can, that appears to be the right approach. And we can't treat those uh, proposing that as if they somehow want people to die when that's just not true. They're making a cost-benefit analysis that everyone at every level of government in life has to do. I'm okay with a partial reopening of businesses, right? Like right. 25% capacity is reasonable, um, which is what Texas is currently at. Mandating that people wear face masks is probably necessary. Um, mandating social distancing is probably necessary. Um, what's not going to help those efforts, though, to encourage people to wear face masks is... When the governor of Texas comes out and says, oh, you violated an order? Yeah, I'm going to step in and make sure you don't actually get in trouble, right? Because when it goes from you need... Well, there's a balance between not enforcing them at all and being too strict. I actually think Texas did the right job on that. Uh, that woman should have been given some sort of consequence. For those who don't know what we're referring to, this uh, woman opened up her hair salon uh, before hair salons were allowed to be opened in Texas. And a judge determined that her sentence should be seven days in jail. And while she definitely should have been punished, I mean, she did break the regulation, uh, we do have a standard that you shouldn't just be punished, you should be punished with a punishment that fits the crime. And seven days in jail for an otherwise law-abiding citizen who could be very desperate. I mean, we need to remember, these aren't people just wanting to get a haircut or get their ice cream. A lot of these people's livelihoods are being destroyed before their very eyes because of this lockdown. And desperate times calls for some desperate measures that may not exactly be the right ones for the public, but to them seem right. And we can't be jailing people like that. So I think that the governor was right to do that. And on a larger scale, we can't have these severe punishments when it comes to that. And actually, I uh, think back to a, a New Hope when Princess Leia is talking to Darth Vader. And she informs him that the tighter, or, or and Grandma Tarkin, and she says the tighter uh, they make their grip on all the star systems, the more people rebel. And I think we're going to see that if the government gets too harsh with this, people are going to put up with the social distancing guidelines for less time. So you need to find that balance between a proper punishment for doing something you're not supposed to do and making sure it's not so excessive that more and more people actually disobey out of protest. Right. But let's be clear. You need to social distance and you need to wear a mask in public. For sure. And also for anyone out there who may be participating in a dumb trend I've seen on Instagram, don't don't cut your uh, a hole in the mask to make it more comfortable. That That's not a thing. That but, literally defeats the purpose of the mask. Yes. But at, at a certain point, Darwinism is going to do what Darwinism is going to do. But uh, who is doing a great job handling this COVID thing, according to NBC News, is China. Now, this is another reason why I think Republicans hate the media so much and why Donald Trump is so popular in the Republican Party, despite all the actions he does. Uh, when the 
American media is willing to basically peddle communist lies. I mean, them saying they actually had a news story where they said that uh, China's government was doing a great job handling the COVID crisis, according to China's people. That that's from an authoritarian regime's government. That's like saying that Stalin is getting longer applauses than FDR, therefore Stalin is a better leader. Of course Stalin's getting better applauses than FDR. FDR is not going to shoot the first guy that stops clapping. So when the, the American media, if they want to restore their credibility and be able to call Trump out when he does bad things, they have to stop doing crazy things like claiming that China is doing a good job because their people allegedly say so. Right. When authoritarian regimes have a history of lying to the global community in order to make it appear like they're doing better than they actually are because it's a matter of propaganda, claim that their citizens approve of their... Well, okay. Polling was done that showed that Chinese citizens approve of their government's handling of the coronavirus higher than any other government in the world. Of course they do, because criticizing the government of China is illegal in China. Like... Of course I would say that Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick was absolutely correct when he appeared on Fox News to say that he is willing to die to reopen the economy. If Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick could issue an arrest warrant for me disagreeing with him. Yes. I mean, if Xi Jinping can send you to a like concentration camp for disagreeing with his government. I mean, even in America here, if there was a person no one could stand and everyone was brought into the room and asked if they liked that person, just because they don't want to hurt the person's feelings, they're going to say yes, and they could claim 10 out of 10 people say they like me, when really everyone can't stand them. Now, if that person has the authority to throw you in jail and shoot your family, out of nowhere, everyone loves him, and they're his best friend. And the fact that the American media would peddle something like this really does give Trump a... Uh, legitimacy he would otherwise not have, and if he wins re-election, the media will have no one but themselves to blame, and it won't be because of anything Trump did that won him the re-election. It won't probably be much of what Joe Biden did that won Trump the election. It'll be media headlines like this that are why so many Republicans just turn away in disgust and go vote for Trump, even if they're not okay with everything he does. Not to go too deep into the 2020 election, because I know we're going to talk about that a lot, but I'm going to be honest, the best thing that could happen for Donald Trump in order to win the 2020 election is one of is one of two things. One, coronavirus, like we get a vaccine, everything's great, yay, hero, cool. But the second one is if he gets to confirm another Supreme Court justice, that might just do it, folks. Um, but I'm sure we will spend a lot more time talking about the 2020 election. After all, it's only May 8th. Yes. Now... Speaking of our justice system, the Department of Justice earlier this week announced that they would be moving to dismiss the charges against Michael Flynn, who they were prosecuting for making false statements to the FBI. That measure was signed off by Attorney General William Barr and has been roundly criticized by the progressive pundit and policymaker class. Jack, what do you make of this? I mean... It unfortunately boils down to the fact that we have lost all trust in our institutions and we have no faith in the other side to act uh, honestly. Uh, this is just an unfortunate part of American life now where if any head or 
politically important member of one party or the other is involved in a crime, the other side is going to claim wrongdoing. So it feels like this is really a no-case scenario. You saw that kind of with Hillary Clinton. No matter what happened with Hillary, she could have been exonerated beyond all reasonable doubt, and Republicans would have still been calling for her head. And we could have seen the evidence of the gun she used to kill uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, and Democrats would still be claiming she's innocent. We see that with Michael Flynn, too, where no matter how the Trump administration was going to handle this— it's everyone's going to go into their partisan corners, and each one really has a little bit of truth to it. So on the left, the justice, uh, the Democrats are going to claim that the Justice Department is trying to appease Trump. Uh, Attorney General Barr is doing what Trump wants to save his own head, and that Trump is being way too involved at a personal level about this, and that it's inappropriate for him to be speaking this much for a criminal investigation, or uh, inappropriate for him to be saying that. Uh, Michael Flynn might return to the administration. All of that is true. All that is inappropriate. But then on the Republican side, the FBI was clearly malicious in their targeting of Michael Flynn. They subjected him to treatment no one else was subjected to. It was very clearly because of a political bias in favor of Democrats. And because of that, there's a legitimate case to be made that even if they did it for the wrong reasons, the Department of Justice did the right move. And he should not be prosecuted or punished further. And unfortunately, rather than have sides come together and each accept the truth, uh, whether it hurts them or not, I think we'll see Democrats holding on to the truth that benefits their agenda, while Republicans uh, hold on to the part of the truth that benefits their agenda. Yeah, so let me me dive into a couple things there. One, Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide is a conspiracy theory that has allegedly, allegedly say anybody including the clintons were involved in his death it's it, it, i i i've seen a very good presentation on it in my public speaking class he uh he definitely did it <laughs> it uh not to not to sidetrack this podcast into the realm of infowars <laughs> no it, 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 it is a joke it is a joke we have no evidence of it I'm saying that to protect myself and my family, but, um, (laughs) okay. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. Serious, serious notes here. Um, yes, Michael Flynn pleaded guilty. So it's really, really strange that the department of justice is choosing to drop the charges. Second. Yes. There is evidence to suggest that some FBI agents were acting for partisan reasons. However, Robert Mueller, who was wildly trusted by both sides of the political aisle when he was announced as the special counsel to investigate the Russia election interference scandal, did sign off on the prosecution of Michael Flynn, right? So there was a guy who both sides liked before he came out with his report Yes, who said, yes, let's go get him, right? Right. So I, I honestly, I think the most likely outcome of this is everyone tends to, we like stories where there's a good guy and a bad guy and we can root for a good guy. A lot of times we don't realize it's usually two bad guys and even more than that, it's just two stupid people. And for this, we could see that where there's not really a good side in this. Michael Flynn probably did some bad stuff. The FBI probably did some bad stuff. And there's really probably no one to root for in this situation. It's just a mess that's going to lower our trust in our institutions of government even more than they already were. 
But uh, going from the mess and confusion of the Trump administration, we go to the uh, mess and confusion that is this year of 2020 that just seems to be wanting to kill us more and more. We survived World War III. Australia, or a potential World War III, Australia survived uh, their fires. We survived the Iowa caucuses being completely just insane. And then we survived the first major pandemic since the Spanish flu. So Earth has thrown its next thing at us. So far, so far. Earth is still trying to get rid of us. It's thrown its next thing at us in in the form of murder hornets. Reem, why don't you talk about this this story? Murder hornets are originally from Asia. They are an invasive species. They are dangerous, and our bees don't yet know how to fight them. However, Asian bees do know how to fight them, and the way they do it is gruesome, and I highly recommend looking it up. Yeah, Senator, Ted, we- Senator Ted Cruz, the Zodiac killer who knows something about strangling someone in close quarters, uh, recently retweeted videos of how to kill these monsters, and they're, they're quite interesting to watch. The bees literally, like, surround it and get all around it like he fumbled a football and everybody's dogpiling, except it's all bees. And then they start breeding in order to heat it up, like, in order to heat their mass up, because they have a higher heat tolerance than the murder hornet. So they literally roast the murder hornet alive Yes, it. Yes, it is, it is an incredible way to die, but... um. Luckily, our president is on the ball. As the satire site, the Babylon Bee, reports, uh, President Trump has retaliated against the Asian murder hornets with our own American kamikaze bears. So we shall soon see justice done. I really thought bears would be more of a Soviet thing. I guess we stole that from them. Or usually we send in the eagles. But uh, we, we are taking care of the problem. And uh, 2020 is just going to continue to get worse until those UFOs we talked about last week come back. Texas A&M has also started its own task force to help manage the murder hornet problem when it comes to, or if it already is in Texas, um, to which I have the simple question, are we really going to let the Texas A&M defense be in charge of this one, folks? Really? That is, it is a terrible idea. Just ask LSU. It is. Ask any SEC team. Ask any team, honestly. Even the Case McCoy-led Longhorns were able to uh, tear that defense apart. I was, uh, of course, I am required to remind listeners that T isn't much better either on this front. So maybe it's time we call in Alabama to fix yes, this problem. Or the Kamikaze Bears. Yeah, I mean, really, like, whatever problem you have for Mortar Hornets, figure it out. But, like, 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 like this is a lighthearted topic, but don't oh. bring invasive species into the U.S., please. Unless they're dragons, in which case it's worth it, and we will rebuild our ecosystem to account for them so that we may have them. Or Jurassic Park. Everyone, those movies, like, they scare a lot of people, but if it was done in the right way, it could work. So, depending on the species, if it's cool enough, and obviously Murder Hornet sounds pretty cool. So, it Ladies might be and worth gentlemen, Jack Jurassic Park founder and entrepreneur. Get exactly. excited for that. It's going to be awesome. You're all invited if you pay an exceptional fee. But yes, it is. Oh, 20, 2020 is getting stranger and stranger, and we're only in month five, and it's an election year. So yeah, I was required to ask, Jack, um, how bad is the October surprise going to be this year? Um, the October surprise, it's, I don't even know if it's going to be 
honestly, I don't even think, I think it's going to be bigger than the last one, but no one's going to care. We'll have just gotten done killing off the first wave of aliens. We'll have weaponized COVID to fight them. We'll be flying on the backs of giant mutated murder hornets. And then we'll find out that Trump was like part of the Illuminati and that Biden was like a Soviet spy. And everyone's going to be like, whatever. And we'll cast our votes anyway, and we'll get ready for the next round of aliens. That's essentially where this year is headed. But, um, but it's going to be bad. And honestly, the last the last October surprise was brutal, and Trump still yeah. won. So yeah. if, he, if he can recover from that, what can't he recover from? That is the one, I will say, right. that is the one good thing about having no values. Like, if that video had come out about Mitt Romney, he loses sure, by right. even more than he did. He gets pummeled because Mitt Romney presented himself as like a decent human being that like values people. Trump Trump presents himself as a monster. So if you reveal that he's a monster, we're all like, so we, we know. Right. I don't think we've ever had a candidate say I could murder someone and no one would stop supporting me. Yes. He's he's very clear about it. I honestly maybe, I just maybe Huey Long. Maybe Huey Long said that, but like... he, he didn't say it. He did it. All right. There's a difference. That's <laughs> a. Um, that Jeffrey Epstein would not have survived if he had gotten on that guy's wrong side. For that, there's no doubt. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's an insane year, and it's getting crazier and crazier. So, probably the best year to, to start a podcast, I'd say. Lots of lots of things to talk about. Lots of material for us. And speaking of lots of material, as always, we'll be back with you all next week. Um, so, be sure to tune in. And go ahead and follow us on Twitter at ThisIsNewsPod in order to keep up with when every episode comes out and be sure to subscribe and like the podcast. And Hey, if you know anyone who you think would enjoy listening to it, go ahead and go ahead and recommend it to them as well. Thanks as always for listening. And before we go, Jack, is there anything you would like to tell our loyal listeners? Yes. For all of our loyal listeners, which is really loyal. If you're already loyal after a few weeks, uh, just a reminder, stay healthy. Don't get COVID. Uh, don't be like Michael Flynn, and if the FBI ever asks to talk with you, have an attorney present and inv- uh, avoid the murder hornets, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Jack. I don't think I can end it any better myself, so I'll just concur with what he said. We'll see you next week.